just fine Catch you when you fall Be there when you call It's never too much I got you real tall I'm Tania Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. I'm Tania Carr and before I introduce my next guest I'm going to let you know that there is a trigger warning. We talk about some really triggering topics in this episode and if you feel like you need support there is a list of contact numbers in the podcast show notes for you. Now it is my honour to share this all from Natalie Bryan, who bravely took the stage at our Your Story event in Porirua. Living a life of removing masks, riding the waves of depression and anxiety hasn't been easy. In fact, being in such a dark place several times over and doing the hard mahi to rebuild and find her calling has been beyond amazing to witness. Natalie certainly is a woman of many talents. She's the author and illustrator of JC the Bumblebee with APD, an ICF trained life coach and a director with her husband of their commercial tiling business, all while being a mother of two and lifestyle block owner in Pawatahanui in Porirua. Like the waves that crash and the tides that come in and out, the sun sets and rises again tomorrow. Her mantra that keeps her going is, you need a certain darkness to be able to see the stars. Now it is with the greatest pleasure that I introduce Natalie Bryan to inspire and share her message around self-love, growth and opportunities. Who do you think you are? What purpose do you think you have on this earth? What possible value can you add? You disgust me. You are dumb and you are ugly. The world would be a better place without you in it. You are not good enough. Stop. This was the exhausting and heavy battle I carried each day with me. But I don't anymore. I've turned that around. My mental health is still a huge part of me, but I have turned my life around. Tēnā koutou, katoa, no mai, haere mai. I am Natalie Bryan, and I invite you on my journey of trauma, grief, love and growth. I have put in years of mahi, courage and determination. Now my mahi looks like exercise, time in the sun, spending um, outside with my animals on the farm, meditation, art, and having a coach. What would your mahi look like? I've managed to challenge all of those negative messages and you too can identify the bullshit that just doesn't serve you and live your best possible life. Tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. So making today count has been what matters to me and it is so important. Now we don't need to know everything. Growing can be hard, fun and scary, but in my experience, having fear that cripples me is even harder than jumping all in. 
So I hope my story inspires or lands in some way that for you to believe in yourself, even a little bit more each and every day. One of my favourite quotes, a certain darkness is needed to see the stars. I grew up in Porirua with my brother Sean, mum and dad, and life seemed pretty good when I was a toddler. We didn't go without as such. We were brought up to be good kids, and most of my younger memories were free and had laughter and joy. There wasn't much acceptance around cultural diversity, and we had parents that worked around the clock. The money was tight, bills were high, and food was minimal. But mum and dad, they navigated hard times and business liquidation to the best of their ability. <laughs> Growing up, we're influenced by so many people and our parents have a huge role to play. I just wanted to make them proud of me. Even though I learned great lessons, it also came with the flip side. I had values installed on me that, would, that were toxic and harmful, and I had no idea how they would shape me as a person and as an adult standing here today. I do want to say I completely respect my mum and dad. They have done the best they could with what they knew and what they had, and I do love them, I promise. I do love them with all of my heart. After all, they were the ones that gave me life. As I grew older, my childhood changed. I was propelled into responsibilities beyond my years. While my parents were away working, it left me to raise my brother. I did everything that was asked of me, and I did it to the highest of my abilities, but I was robbed of my childhood. Mum and Dad were extremely strict. We were very compliant. My brother, he started challenging those rules and boundaries, however I didn't. I was well-trained. I was certainly that conditioned good girl that loved to please and not be seen or heard. My voice was hushed from a very young age and it has been a lot of hard work to find it. My brother and I, we were inseparable. We giggled, we played and we shared everything. We were your typical siblings. But he was my voice. He was my sidekick in life and we rolled into each situation hand in hand. He was always part of my friendship circles and they accepted he was an extension of myself. We did everything together. The day my life changed forever was the 26th of April 2005. I set sight on my mum in the car park on the way to work. Sean hadn't come home. I knew something was wrong. It wasn't like him at all. He had taken, tried to take his life previously, but this was different. He always reached out for help. He'd call me and we would talk for hours and hours and would work through it. But I had no idea he was still fighting so many demons. I had no idea he was feeling so alone and so unloved. Even though I'd lost grandparents and friends, the grief of losing my brother would shape my life and would also have the most profound opportunities that I'd forever be grateful for in the future. But at the price of his life... At the price of not growing old with my best friend, not having him meet my future husband and being the best uncle to my kids. At the price of my heart being broken forever. A certain darkness is needed to see the stars. Mum and I found his van and the feeling of complete disbelief flowed through every cell in my body. This can't be happening. 
wake me up from this nightmare. I had to formally identify my brother as my parents couldn't. Something no one should ever have to do. I remember his cold and still face. The smell of the funeral home in the exact time. The energy and the darkness. Life as we knew it had stopped. I felt everything and I felt nothing. I was there but I wasn't. I have never felt so empty and everything remains so vivid, yet it's such a blur. But I had to fix this. I had to hold my family together, I had to organise a funeral, and I had to communicate with people that my brother had died, and I used the word deceased. What the fuck? Hi, my brother's deceased. Um, I couldn't actually say died or passed away. When did I actually think I could be myself? Never. Sean was 19 years old when he died and it's coming up to his 19-year anniversary. His sudden passing created so much heartache among his family, his friends, his cousins, his aunties, uncles, and grandparents. 9,266 beautiful lives lost since 2005. Suicide, we couldn't even say that word out and loud in society. And there has been a lot of change in the last 19 years, but not enough. This is not going away, and this is in our, li our lives, in our faces, posted everywhere on online platforms and in our communities. 9,266 lives lost too soon. And Sean is one of those statistics. And unfortunately, you most likely know someone that is also now part of that data. And that's tens of thousands of broken hearts, families, and communities. So how do we create resilience? How do we teach our people the tools and the resources and the understanding that tomorrow brings light? I get it, some days are fucking hard, but I actually genuinely want to know. What can we do? What can you do? They say grief gets better with time. I assure you it doesn't. <laughs> That part of your heart dies forever. I have to say, I was so incredibly broken from my brother's death. Some days I still am. But without it, I would have lived a completely different life. He was hurting. Sean compared himself to me. Don't know why. He thought I was perfect in his eyes. But I didn't let him see the real me either. I didn't show him that I too didn't love myself and have any self-worth. I was far from perfect. Along with the values that were installed from at a young age, I discovered they were not my values. They have been the most extraordinary sabotages in my life, from friendships to grades to all the things I wanted to do. They stopped me in my tracks because I wasn't good enough. That led me down some pretty dark paths of shame, self-harming, drugs, food and alcohol addictions and these choices of partying and drinking were extremely destructive and unhealthy. But it's not all bad because there's this guy. My shining light. I met my husband a year after Sean's passing. I was still spiralling further down the rabbit hole 
and I was out every weekend numbing my pain. I travelled Europe independently, but I was still a lost soul, searching for one thing, love, to love and to be loved. I met Phil in Wellington and that blanket of safety, warmth and kindness surrounded me with a new positive outlook. I actually honestly didn't know it existed. He loved his family, he was driven, he had um, values that were similar and our energy clicked. Plus he's pretty spunky. (laughs) I was to fall madly in love with this man who would be as much part of me as I was him. We saved each other in a way as we were both being detrimental to ourselves in different ways. But we have healed together, we have grown together and created the most amazing family. We are surrounded by incredible friends and family. I couldn't imagine life without this guy. I love him and he loves me, every aspect of me, like all the gnats. It's so hard to think back when I almost lost him to a brain aneurysm. But that's a whole other story, and Tanya's only given me 15 minutes, so. (laughs) We've been together 18 years, and through that, we've lived such a full life. We have two of the most amazing and wonderful children, and I would do and give anything for them. They are our world, and I'm so incredibly proud of them and their love and zest and curiosity for life. (laughs) Someone else that had a zest for life was my dad. He was funny, he was loud, and he was crazy. Mm, Yeah, okay. He he carried traits that I loved, but he carried some that I didn't agree with or condone. Dad survived two to three heart attacks, a quadruple heart bypass procedure, and carried on life. I remember sitting him down as young as seven and saying, Don't you love me, Dad? He didn't want to change his nutrition or health for anyone. It was his way or the highway. He drank, he smoked and he ate poorly and his drunken episodes have been etched into my mind which created a lot of resentment and confusion around him not making better choices, especially for me and Sean. Dad popped in to my house in Tower. He was eating fish and chips and he asked for more vinegar and more salt. <laughs> Like, they don't already come full of salt. Anyway, so I was standing behind my pantry and I was holding a full salt shaker in the vinegar and I said, sorry, Dad, we don't have any. (laughs) At that moment, he fell to the ground. I was protecting his health right up until the moment he would take his last breath. He suffered a cardiac arrest. I rang triple one and I performed CPR on my own dad for nine and a half minutes. To this day, I'm honoured I could save my father to allow his family to say goodbye. He suffered three more cardiac arrests of which he wouldn't recover and wake up from. I do miss him incredibly. Who is that? It's me. As we continued life, without Dad and Sean in it, we moved house. I helped Mum through the ebbs and flows of life, and I still protect and try to help my mother. She's a type 1 diabetic, and the number of times I've saved her from passing away in a diabetic coma is something I don't want to wish to recall. People that know me will know that I'm still a fixer, but I do this differently now. I'm more aware I have different perspectives. Thanks, Lorraine. And I know my boundaries. Well, mostly. They're kind of still a work in progress, but hey, it's, it's, all, it's, it's, it's going well. 
But this is extremely challenging because mum actually lives with us in her own contained home. Managing the ongoing negativity, the values that were installed on me, the triggers, the ma manipulating behaviour and gaslighting can be incredibly exhausting. But you know what? I do love her. I do my best to celebrate the positives and now I listen to my intuition when my energy needs protecting. So as we navigated the new norm, my mental health still continued to play a large part in cheating me of my true destiny. The thoughts were so incredibly loud and constant, I believed everything they were saying. It was killing me. I suffered breakdown after breakdown, and the darkness consumed me. But I pulled myself up. I did that a few times, but the thing is, I didn't change my behaviour. I continued to run at a million miles per hour because this was my survival mechanism. There was no space for me to heal. Now I deal with them differently. I'm still going quite fast with what I do, and I live a full life, right? But how that looks, sounds, and feels is so different. And I am aware, I'm mindful, and I have that space to ground myself and breathe. So a quote. Broken, yes, but like a Japanese pottery bowl, the art called kintsugi, joined with gold. While you might not be a vase, you, like a broken piece of pottery, should never settle for hiding your scars, your flaws, or your life. This should be something you not only remember, but embrace. Holy and embrace your whole beauty. Celebrate our imperfections, whether in appearance, character, or actions. And this is where our deeper sense of peace and fulfillment comes from. <laughs> so there was a simple reason for all of this, which I didn't realise. And, um, and I understood it in 2019, the day I had my fog lifted. I had that light bulb realisation, and it was one year after my gastric bypass. However, it was never about the weight. It was never about how I looked, and it was never about the shit report my doctors kept telling me about my organs, how they were tracking, and I needed to change. I was attending a retreat, and it smacked me in the face like a ton of bricks. Nat, it was about being loved. Holy shit, I'm allowed to love myself. It was going to be okay. I was safe in this freeloading asshole that had kept hold of me my entire life could fucking bugger off. No right to stand, stick around. Now don't get me wrong, my inner critic still likes to pop in and tell me a few things, but do you know what? I'm colouring my own world. I'm the artist painting on my own canvas and I get to create my own masterpiece. I now channel my energy to help inspire others. Being coached and coaching has become a huge part of my life. I decided I wanted to bring that aha moment to other um, people, and so I'm a transformational coach for professionals that seek clarity as well. I also blend this into my published book business space, so my days are filled with the most amazing clients, my children running our tiling business and looking after our lifestyle block. <laughs> 
so cute. My animals bring me so much joy. They, being with them outside and the sun on my back, warming my body and my feet in the grass is just magical. They truly do bring so much richness to my life. And I feel it's important for you guys to find what fills your cup. What is your richness? I don't want to, oh, bye. <laughs> Something I've achieved since working on myself was becoming an author and illustrator of my published book called JC the Bumblebee with APD. It's now being shipped worldwide and is gaining huge traction. I never realized how helpful this story would be. I've helped families, schools, and educate those who haven't heard of auditory processing disorder. Does anyone know what that is? Put your hand up if you don't. Cool, see me after and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> My son has been the inspiration behind this product. It has been soul, uh, project, sorry, and has been soul lifting and led me to finding my true calling and passion in life is to educate the word about APD. I want our tamariki to advocate for themselves, to find their own voice and celebrate that we are all different. We are all unique, no matter what. And I'm loving the connection with other mums, being able to provide them coaching in that space as well. So guess what? I'm now living an abundant life aligned with my values and who I am. So yes, we're going to stumble. We are going to fall, but that's okay. It's how we get back up, what you do with that knowledge, and how you apply it to the next stage of your life. That's what truly matters. We're not meant to be perfect, we're real, we're human. A certain darkness is needed to see the stars. So, I am Natalie Jane Bryan and I stand here stopping the cycle of suicide. I am here to inspire, love and empower others. I am unique, limitless and amazing. I am smart, talented and beautiful and I'm in the arena and I'm showing up and I am good enough. Oh, where's my last slide? <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> technical error. So you have heard me mention this quote throughout my story, Tanya. A certain darkness is needed to see the stars. I have this tattooed on my back in memory of my brother. Na mihikia koto katoa. Thank you for coming on my journey. Give yourself permission to transform, grow, Heal and forgive because I believe in you. You just have to believe in yourself. Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz, or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you, Real Talk.